0: Hey, dude!
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's something we can talk about tonight. Yeah. So, how are you doing, Jess? Pregnancy report? Good. How are you feeling? <laughs>
0: doing good. Doing good. How's
1: our little dude <laughs> inside your belly?
0: Uh, he's doing well. We went for the twenty-week ultrasound uh, on Monday, and everything looked good. We're pleased to report. So that was very exciting. Yes, it was. I had been uh, anxious as as you get, mm-hmm. and uh, so it was. It was very nice to to see him moving around yeah, they in should, there
1: and hear his little heartbeat. And- they should just, like, have a thing where, like, you go in every week and like, <laughs> yep, the baby's there. Yeah. <laughs> they're okay because like two weeks ago we were two weeks out from the ultrasound we just did and jessica's like I-, I haven't felt him kick yet everything said you're supposed to feel the baby kick around this time i haven't felt the baby kick and i'm like oh okay and i'm like yeah i gotta be the rock and be like of family and just be like oh everything is fine he's in there he's doing just fine i don't know aren't you supposed to start feeling him kick by now <laughs> well he's there and he's very healthy yeah it's amazing all the things they can find nice kick and now. tell you with the ultrasound nowadays. <laughs> yep, and the creepy little 3D rendering that they give <laughs> you. So um, anyway, yeah, we're talking about a we're we're still in the cold open, but whatever. I don't know. I'm I am like work really really. Is way too difficult. It's like way more difficult than it needs to be. I just feel like complaining on the podcast. Oh but I no! Guess I won't. Everybody just turns off immediately. <laughs> I just, it's just so overwhelming, and it doesn't have to be this overwhelming. And everyone I work with is very nice, but it's just like the job itself is so unnecessarily complicated. But whatever. <laughs> That's neither here nor I am, there. I'm a full-grown dude because yeah. <laughs> I am working my butt off and I'm incredibly exhausted. And last night I came home and we were like, we're going to start recording. I'm just going to lay down, close my eyes, get a little rest, and then we'll start recording. And then I woke up. It was 11 p.m. <laughs> no, it wasn't quite, but he had lay- he fell asleep on the couch and then eventually moved into the bedroom. <laughs> yeah, it's been a rough week, so I don't know. How's everyone doing? We'll just we'll just cut to the song. We're doing a Matt Teeson and the Earthquake song this week. It's called Dude and it sounds like this. Should know by now, should have grown
0: into a full-size dude.
1: If you like to make, it, choose come to you.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod.
1: So um <laughs> I came home. I love the energy. (laughs) So I came home in a bad mood from work tonight. And Jessica was in a good mood. And I'm like, no, I know you're in a bad mood. And I did not take it out on Jessica, but Jessica's an empath. She can tell I'm worn out. She can tell I'm strung out on stress. She's like, you know, so she starts feeling it. And I'm like, I didn't want you to feel my anxiety, my being worn out. I'm so sorry. So then it's like, well, time to get, you know, time to get pepped up and get ready to record the episode. So I put on the song. And, of course, the song is not exactly the peppiest thing. It's a beautiful <laughs> song. It it's is. a very nice song. But I put the song on. It's,
0: it's atmospheric. It's very pretty.
1: I put the song on and it's playing for a... Playing it like this. Jessica's like, can you turn this off? It's bumming me out. <laughs> And it's not a bummer song, it's just like I had bummed out Jessica, and then the sounds of melodic just, folk, yeah,
0: melodic, melodic, melodic slow, indie yeah. folk pop
1: really like, made oh. Jessica feel glum, and like, I'm sorry, and then she was like, and I was listening to this song earlier today, and I was like, I really like, this is a nice song, but then my mood ruined her enjoyment of the song. I I think my
0: exact words were, Danny, turn off this downer-ass music. <laughs>
1: it's not even it's not even a downer it's just it's what you bring to it it's like uh, yeah I watch a lot of Siskel and Eber on YouTube a lot of old Siskel and Eber clips and you can tell sometimes they were just in a bad mood and they were like I don't this is this is crap and it's like I'm just in a bad mood but um, I don't know and then so Jessica put on a bunch of like Hollister punk and like <laughs> that genre that I still can't quite pinpoint a name for but that Sunset Boulevard punk that mid 2000s Tommy Lee adjacent punk. She put on a, like Bowling for Soup and American Hi-Fi and Simple and
0: Plan. Simple Plan.
1: So I don't even remember what this song sounds like cuz all I hear in my head it all I hear in my head is I'm just a kid. And... So I'm like, yeah, this song rocks. It's all about being a kid. Actually, I'm just a kid. Thematically similar to this. It's going to be a full side full ground? dude i should i put a rave dj together or that? oh my goodness
0: gracious <laughs> uh maybe save all of our ears oh do, do we have any top of the show business
1: we do i think i might begin to melt it's true. i think I, might begin to melt. <laughs> I need to climb out of this hell so we do we have a lot of voicemails now you have two weeks in between episodes now to send us voicemails and some people answered the call so we got a lot of voicemails so let's start getting into them here's the first do one you know who didn't answer the call us because it went to voicemail <laughs> That's true. That's good. About the Ghostbusters? <laughs> but that's true. We didn't answer the call. It goes straight to voicemail when you call 402 <laughs> Here is the first voicemail from Logan.
2: Hi there. This is Logan, and I am calling Sadie Hawkins Todd because I started listening when I was like four.
1: I was born in 2003. You started listening to our podcast when you were four? What does that mean? Wow. Like six or seven? <laughs> no, I mean, we've been doing this podcast for 20 years, so. <laughs> Clearly, you, may, you started listening to it for like K, but it was just funny, the sentence structure. It was like, you've been listening to us since you were four, because I listened to a lot of podcasts that have been around for like 10 years, and they're like, people are calling up, calling up and saying, we've been listening to you since I was in middle school. One day, if we keep doing this Relying K podcast for years and years, oh wow! Then people will be like, "I've been listening to Sadie Hawkins pod since I was in middle school."
2: We had on our iPod shuffle on a trip to Canada in our car that my parents gave me, so I would stay quiet. And it was uh, College Kids, Ford Motion, and the entire self-titled album. And then we also had self-titled album and uh, on CD form. And I'm calling because. I just found the podcast, super excited. I'm going to start from ground zero, first floor, starting off, going all the way back to the beginning and listening through each episode, and then I'm going to listen to each episode that is new, because I'm just in love with Reliant K forever and ever. I'm 19, best band ever. Anyways, uh, I have to disagree from what I've heard in the first, like, three episodes. Um, you guys grouping Forget and Not Slow Down with uh, Classical Long, that was just,
1: painful to hear whoa 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 whoa
0: we uh, now we don't uh, classify now people come
1: at us sometimes with like takes from early episodes and i don't remember and i'm like i could have said that i don't know if i believe agree with myself from back then but i remember exactly what that was about I didn't group, we didn't group Collapsible Lung, Air for Free, and Forget and Not Slow Down into the modern trilogy or whatever. That is a phenomenon that we saw because until we started this podcast three and a half years ago, Jessica and I had not actually listened to all that much of uh, Collapsible Lung and even Air for Free. We were only casual listeners when we started the podcast, so I saw a lot of people online And by a lot of people, like, if it's two people, that's still a lot of people. That's two too many. So a lot of people refer to the three modern albums as, like, a trilogy, and lots of think pieces and blog posts about how they are specifically a continuing story. And I think as Logan listens through the episodes, he'll hear us talk more and more about, you know, collapsible lung and different opinions on, you know, how the lyrical themes of that match as a sequel to forget not slow down if you don't agree with any of this i'm not saying that this is or isn't what i believe i just know that this is p- part of discourse in the fan community i feel like that discourse though has dissipated from the fan community and i wonder if we're any part of that <laughs> not necessarily that we have like influenced the thoughts and removed that Idea that the three modern albums are a trilogy, but more like the people who believe that have stopped talking about it because they know I'm lurking in the shadows ready to spring. are <laughs> afraid of you. <laughs> Can I also remember like when we started the podcast? I thought you
0: were going to say, just because there is so much evidence out there to the contrary now that right. they're like, oh, okay, and they've moved on from the theory. Although
1: Logan will hear as we go through Collapsible Lung songs because it's the only album we've finished so far. Where we're like, where we're like, everyone thinks this is like a heartfelt true story, that these are all true stories, like forget not slow down. That's nonsense. But then we got more like evidence that like some of those stories from collapsible Belong are things he was experiencing. But the idea that it's a thematic trilogy of broken up with your fiance. Now you're chasing worldly pursuits in collapsible lung, and then you come back to the Lord and air for free. Like, that is just coincidence, and that's just people reading it. I don't think that was the intention of Matt Thiessen or Reliant K, but that is a theory, a belief that some fans have espoused, and we come across those articles throughout the history of this podcast. Anyway, let's hear the rest of what Logan Next topic (laughs) to
0: defend ourselves on.
2: I just I just have to get that out there. Forget Not Slow Down is like the best album of all time in my opinion. It doesn't have to be for everyone else, but to categorize it with collapsible lungs, that is a blow to the genius of Forget Not Slow Down. Um So I love what you guys are doing. It's great, and no hard feelings. But yeah, I just gotta get that off my chest. This is Logan. Hopefully, this is a treat for once I finally get to whatever episode this is on. And yeah, thank you guys for doing what you're doing.
1: Well, thank you, Logan. You, Logan calls back with two more voicemails in a second. But I should say, we did probably get a bunch of new listeners because some other top of the show business is at the official Relying K Instagram account. Gave us a shout out. Gave us a shout out, like, dedicated a post to us. Who <laughs> posted himself playing uh, part of it on 1980. Uh, 1980- one. One. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> oh no, he's not listening anymore. He's unsubscribed. Listen he playing part of it on uh nineteen eighty one pedal and then he said, This is to our homies at Sadie Hawkins Pod, check out their episode on part of it. So I was like that makes it sound like Hoops probably might have listened to the part of it episode. And that makes me need to go back and listen to the part of it episode to see <laughs> if there's anything bad we said. And I'm like, no, this was a good episode. Like we were, we had very salient points. We were constantly on topic. I'm and like, this now week- we're
0: following it up with this
1: episode
0: <laughs> <laughs> in true Sadie Hawkins pod form.
1: <laughs> but that was amazing. So thank you to Matt Hoops for. Uh, dedicating a post like that Uh, there's no reason why he listened to this episode (laughs) (laughs) and on twitter we were the only tweet on Reliant K's Twitter timeline that mentioned that they're at Furnace Fest because he retweeted R talking about them being at Furnace oh, Fest. Oh, that's so funny. Like, they made posts on their Instagram directly saying we'll be at Furnace Fest, but if you go to Relying K's timeline on Twitter, you'll see we're the only mention from our retweet. I'm like, so Sadie Hawkins pod, the news you can use for Reliant <laughs> K. And I guess that's another little thing is that they're doing Furnace Fest in September in Alabama. It's a th- three-day weekend festival we didn't do a whole special episode on it like we did for when we were young but when we were young had so much confusion around it that we had to do that special episode for that announcement furnace fest is a more established believed in festival and it's kind of like the um heir apparent to cornerstone because a lot of like the big christian alternative rock, underground rock bands will play at it, but it's not a Christian-specific festival. It's just like they book a lot of the Christian bands along with other like hardcore metal bands and there's other outliers like the insiders are playing there's gonna be ska bands five iron frenzy played last oh, cool. year relying k's playing and i think they're like second or third build down for the night that mxpx is headlining so that's cool people are asking are you going and some people may or may not have known that we're having a baby so i'm like no we're probably <laughs> not going to fly to alabama uh, when the baby's only a couple months old. Yeah. <laughs> Although your parents live in Florida, which I know is not close. I understand the East Coast, but I'm just saying. Especially because they're in South Florida. We go to Florida. You and the baby stay in Florida. And then I drive up to Alabama.
0: <laughs> we'll be probably in Florida for Christmas time, which is only a few months later when the baby is only a few months
1: older. So <laughs> let's, let's take it one flight at a time. And let's take it one voicemail at a time. As Logan calls back, you see that segue. It's a good segue. The best part of a segue is when you point out that you have made a good segue.
2: Okay, this is Logan again, claiming that I need to give evidence and proof why I forget not slow down cannot be categorized as collapsible long because I just tried again to listen to collapsible long, and I'll admit uh, the intro track is good. The uh, in my rearview mirror song is very fun and vibey, but Forget and Not Slow Down is just so much better, and here are some reasons why. First off, amazing breakup song. I dated a girl for a year and a half recently, and if you listen to Forget and Not Slow Down backwards, it's kind of like sad towards the end of the album. And then uh, as you get further on listening to it backwards, you get onto to uh, You Don't Need a Soul, Forget and Not Slow Down. And all these songs about moving on. And it's just, listen to it backwards if you're going through a breakout. It's amazing. No other album can do that for you.
1: That's a very interesting experiment. I like mm-hmm. that idea of putting a yeah. backwards playlist together for the for the album. I guess you would have to, like, you don't want to listen to If You Want It and This Is The End backwards, do you? <laughs> you probably want to group those two together. Probably want to, like, group all the interstitial outro cut tracks together and do a playlist in that direction. But that is a very interesting idea. I like that. If Reliant K ever did a Forget Not Slow Down tour, that would be a really great way to do it. Actually oh, yeah. play the album backwards. I mean, they already do the, we figured it out with flair and outro that they do those outros ahead of the main song. So they're already, they are, have some precedent for doing that.
0: And well, it's, they're playing it backwards. They should have the Wizard of Oz playing on the screen behind them. <laughs>
2: That's my claim. And classical lung is just electronic garbage compared to the masterpiece of Forget and Not Slow Down. And, yeah, sorry. There's so much more I can say about it. I used to ride my moped to my ice cream shop job. And because I rode the moped on the back road I couldn't take the highway. It took 30 minutes, and I could listen to the first six tracks of uh, Forget and Not Slow Down through that breakup ice cream shop drive on my moped. Someone needs to try that other than me. It's just an amazing experience. That's why this album is the best. Also, I'm moving to California in May, driving from Michigan, and I will be listening to so many of these episodes. I've been telling too many people about how good of a podcast this is with the best band out there. So thank you guys again. Sorry I'm filling your voice box. I just, yeah, got to get that off
1: my chest.
0: No, we appreciate it. Thank you, and good luck with your move. (laughs)
1: So um, uh, but again, (laughs) I don't know that we were ever the biggest collapsible lung apologists, although it will come out as you go through more collapsible lung songs that, you know, I'm like giving the album more leeway because Jessica's already annoyed every time we have to do a collapsible (laughs) lung song. So I'm like, it's not good for just both of us to totally rip apart the collapsible lung. So this is a good time to mention a project that is kind of in the works behind the scenes, but now I'm ready to open it up to anyone who's willing to participate. This is a real thing that we're really doing. Uh, We're trying to put together a 10th anniversary Collapsible Lung fan tribute, and I've already reached out to some of our listeners who have contributed covers before or who I know have recorded covers for other things before, And if I forgot to reach out to you and we know you're a musician, I'm very, very sorry. There's just a couple of DMs that I thought to send out right away. And if I forgot about you, I really am sorry, but we're opening the floor now. And I'm completely serious. This is the 10th anniversary of Collapsible Lung. It is Relying K's most divisive album. Some people, such as Logan, flat out hate it. I completely understand. We have been completely there going through all the songs on Collapsible Lung throughout this podcast, but I think it would be a very, very interesting fan project to have a bunch of covers in a tribute album format to Collapsible Lung for the 10th anniversary because it's, one, it's the last thing anyone would think to do. Okay? So that just kind of makes it fun. (laughs) It is both ironic and sincere. It can be both of those things at the same time. Just like, Collapsible Lung can be enjoyable but bad at the same time. It can be multiple things. And I think it would be really fun to recontextualize a lot of those songs because I think our number one takeaway by the time we finished Collapsible Lung is like, they're all Matt Thiessen songs, like even though they have a lot of co-writers and stuff like that, there's in at the very least, every song has the bones of Matt Teeson's songwriting, like they're all interesting melodies, a lot of the songs, if you squint your ears, so to speak, you could imagine some songs like being moved to forget not slow down or to air for free and people wouldn't be as mad about it and everything so i just think it'd be really interesting to recontextualize these ideas so the plan is to have at least one cover for every song we have about half of the album attributed to people who said they're going to cover it but i'm not i'm not turning down duplicates I'm not turning down anyone who wants to get excited about a, doing a certain cover. You can completely transform it. You can do a shitpost thing. You can do a completely sincere cover. You could just do the, the, the song the way it is on the album, but with your own production decisions. If you listen to Collapse of a Lung and you think, well, that song was good, but the production decisions they made back in 2012 when they recorded it before it was released in 2013, I don't like those production decisions. Here's how I would have done it do it that way and i won't reject any duplicates and at the very least like i don't know if we'll do like a bonus cd of the duplicates or just make them bonus tracks after the main sequence of the tribute album but that's the plan so reach out by dm dm's probably better than email i'm very bad with the email so reach out by dm on twitter or instagram if you're interested in contributing a cover to this project and we're hoping to have it out in time for the 10th anniversary of the album that's the plan I'm already working on the cover, <laughs> the artwork. So we have one more voicemail from Logan. I thought you meant
0: you were working on your own cover, Danny.
1: Well, I thought about it, but I'm just not music. Like, it would be so much Should we much work. do,
0: like, a weird, like, Lougealier style one, the two of us? Yeah, I guess, but it's, like, the least instrument <laughs> instrumentation. Have a key- we have a keyboard.
1: <laughs> like, we could do a shitpost style one and where we don't have to worry about the... The, the the music the music us recording the music is the biggest problem because I'm not musically talented I'm definitely not like I I can play some guitar chords and I can play some ukulele chords but it's not enough to put most songs together and I don't know how to record these things <laughs> we'll see what we can do
2: okay last voicemail I promised I uh, listened this is Logan again I listened to the part of the episode and I think you guys really did it justice. Uh, other than saying that, like sonically, the Lung and Forget and Not uh, Slowdown fit into the same category, which I disagree with, the whole conversation of the album as a whole was awesome. It, it opened my mind to the way that Thiessen was thinking um, at that time, mainly because I watched the documentary, or, like the little film on how they made Forget and Not Slowdown, which was cool musically, but it was a little shallow lyrically and everything, so I kind of applied all the lyrics to, like, personal experiences, and I kind of made it my own, but to really hear where Thiessen was at, because I didn't know, like, his own complicated relationship history at the time of the album, it made it really meaningful, and so thank you guys for making that, and yeah, I just think the whole album represents confusion and uh, relationships of ups and downs with uh, breakup, and you guys nailed it right on the head, and I appreciate it. So, so sorry for all of this crap.
1: No problem. Please feel free to call anytime. Yeah, I don't have anything else to say about that last note, but I, I have not, I've never seen that document, the Forget Not right, Slide on Documentary from the beginning. And, like, Jessica watched it. kind of it. gave you the cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. I watched like parts of it when it was. On YouTube, uh, when it was when you know it was divided up into the video podcast years ago, and some of those ended up separately on YouTube, and I watched one or two of those, confused when I was trying to research the history of the original Reliant K podcast. Right, right. very confusing history, not really like parsed out in a place that can be easily understood. But there wasn't there was a Reliant K video podcast, and then for kind of the second season of that, they just divided up the forget not slow down documentary very confusing but anyway now daniel's calling up and he has some voicemails
3: what's up guys it's daniel I'm just calling about uh part of it and outro um has notes i wrote down um the adhesive thing i think i don't think it's supposed to be like oh look at all these things that aren't adhesive i think those I don't think tape and glue are the only things that count as adhesives. I could be wrong about this, but I think like like they're not normally what you think of as, as adhesives. But like chains and locks and ropes and knots or whatever is, are all things that adhere things to other things. So I don't know. That's how I always interpreted that.
1: I did put a I did put a poll on Twitter and on Instagram of saying how do you hear the opening line of part of it? Do you hear it as I've been working with adhesives such as chains and locks and knots and blah, blah, blah. Or do you hear it as, I've been working with adhesives as well as chains and knots and ropes to knots and tether and all that stuff. And on Twitter, as w- I've been working with adhesives as well as, etc. cetera, one on Twitter, but on Instagram, I've been working with adhesives such as these, is what, one on Instagram, So Daniel, I feel like, found uh, a middle ground that I don't think we considered That to say, I've been working with adhesives such as these, but those do count as adhesives. Because it was the genius annotator who said, I've been working with adhesives, and then he lists a bunch of things that don't have sticky stuff attached to them. But I guess now Jessica's looking up the dictionary definition of adhesive.
0: According to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, adhesive, noun, one, an adhesive substance such as glue or cement, two, a postage stamp with a gummed back. So...
1: So it does seem like the dictionary definition of adhesive is, like, a gluey, gummy mm -hmm. substance. However, I'm not discrediting Daniel's reading of it, because lyrics make words malleable sometimes, and, like, you can... Uh, be totally wrong what was that jewel one there's one where jewel said like something it wasn't affected kurt loader on mtv called her out about it and like she had used some word like in a completely incorrect way uh like that's like totally being wrong but if you get the idea if you're thinking of if you're thinking of i've been working with things that keep things together you need one word to get that out and adhesives is good enough. And in this context, if Daniel's reading is accurate to Matt Tyson's intention, it works, even if it's not the dictionary definition of the word. Adhesive so,
0: is cohesive.
1: There you go. I've been working with cohesives. <laughs> you could have said that. But it's also similar to what we said later in the song where Tyson says, I've been trying to ingest this mm-hmm. and I don't think the use of the word ingest is meant to I couldn't read that as meaning like like there's special meaning to him eating these thoughts or putting them in his belly. I think he simply found a synonym that fit what was needed in that moment, like syllabically to actually fit exactly the notes he needed to get out. And like any other word didn't have the same idea or was way off the mark. And he ingest was just the closest idea with two syllables that he liked the best. And there was no other word in the English language that got the same idea across without mentioning eating. Anyway, here's more of the voicemail.
3: You mentioned Mr. Mom, which I just wanted to say is a great movie. Uh, Love that one. Um, Mute City, also. uh, Great music. Um, I particularly love the Super Smash Bros. Melee version. Um, That was the first version of that that I heard. And uh, just the guitar and it rips So good. I I don't know. This... I don't I don't know that this is, like, an actual callback or anything, but the, where he says, like, I can't seem to hold it all together. He also says that exact phrase in Trademark. Um, I don't know if that's supposed to be a callback to that or it's just kind of a coincidence, but I always thought that was kind of cool.
1: That's a cool observation. I like that. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it's just a phrase that kind of, sometimes we all have certain words, phrases that are kind of, like, caught in our minds and we use them a lot right i know i do that on the podcast sometimes i use a big word and then i use it a couple more times <laughs> the next 20 minutes so maybe just a phrase like that kind of is it lives in teeson's head and it's easy to come back to
3: and then uh the john cusack line um I, I guess i've always felt like it should be but i'm john cusack on the lawn of your heart rather than I'm the Cusack on the lawn of your heart. Just because, like, if you don't know what a Cusack is, you're just like, what does this line mean? But, like, if you say John Cusack, it helps a little bit, I think. You at least know that it's, like, a person and not, like, a sack of cue balls or something. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Maybe he's the Joan Cusack on the lawn of your heart. Maybe he's leaving it open to interpretation.
1: That's funny that he said Cusack. Because I've thought of that, and I forgot to mention it in the episode. I And I even uh, went to OpenAI to uh, WALL-E2, or Dolly 2 and I tried to make a Q stack on the lawn of a heart, and it had no idea what I was talking about.
0: <laughs> I didn't See, even... this AI isn't so advanced. Yeah, okay. They can't come up with anything that's in your imagination. It would
1: make, like, a heart on a lawn and then some cue balls around it. I'm like, not even, not not really close. Close, but no cigar.
3: And then other than that, just, uh, I just really love this song. Um, I think this is maybe the song that kind of really helped unlock this album for me in terms of, like, musically, like, where it sits in their discography. And, like, I think I've come to realize that, like, a lot of the kind of, particularly the guitar parts in this song, are really things that would come to the forefront of, quote-unquote, pop punk, really more like the sad boy stuff over the next, like, five to ten years after that. Just going from more, like, the previous decade where it's just, like, kind of straight power chords to, like, using some open strings in there. It's hard to explain, but, like, I just feel like they're a little bit ahead of the time or maybe, like, reading what was coming and uh, we're on top of it. So I think that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it's funny because part of it is kind of a quintessential song to that album. It's almost a mission statement. It's almost like a little bit of a heart to the album. I don't mean... Well, heart implies a lot of a thing. It's kind of a core to the album. It's kind of a mission statement. It's kind of a... It's hard to say that it's any of those specific things I just said because it is a complex album. But it's just... It's a quintessential song from the album. But yet, they didn't play it live a lot, as we discovered... And then, you know, and I think that that one uh, line about the perspective is a lovely hand to hold is bigger than the song itself. So I think like part of it, and there weren't a lot of covers and there were no fan videos. So it's somehow a sleeper hit. I guess that's the term. It's a sleeper hit. It's like a hit, but people are have didn't like immediately to latch onto it but the people who latched onto it immediately are like really really latched onto it and are kind of growing the the fandom around this song i feel like it's a relying case song that's time is due like when they start playing again they need to make this a live staple it's never been a live staple and i'm hoping that at least at least it since we got it in matt Hoops's head <laughs> hopefully he'll start to uh they'll start to give this song some more attention you just spam social media so much he couldn't ignore us anymore.
3: <laughs> hey, it's Daniel again. Just calling back to kind of expand on the last thing I said, um, because I don't think I said it in a way that makes a lot of sense. But, um, so yeah, this, this song is kind of what unlocked for me the album in terms of like, um, where it sits within like kind of pop punk history, I guess, um, Cause like at first when I got it I was like okay they're not punk at all anymore like there's nothing on this album like it's all just kind of this alt rock whatever um, but I think once I really kind of saw it from the right angle um, particularly with this song like that helped me see it in the other songs but you know before this album they're using like, in the guitar parts especially, it's, it's a lot more just, like, straight-up power chords where it's just, like, the root and the fifth and maybe an octave on top of that. And then maybe there's, like, a lead, you know, uh, with another guitar or something. Um, but with this song, you can really hear it. that They're, like, they're playing, like, rhythmically a lot of the things that you would play in a normal, like, pop-punk setting. But chord-wise now you're getting like a lot of kind of higher drone notes in there like most of the like main riffs of the song is like um the high e and b strings are just like open
1: who's this daryl calling with all of this <laughs> i remember that you remember two weeks ago daryl that's Darryl. right yes yes <laughs>
0: Took me a minute. I was too distracted by you playing with the bootleg Game Boy my mom got you like five Christmases ago.
1: <laughs> the voicemails are great because they give me time to get a little bit of work done. I'm playing with a little bootleg, like four hundred and one game where most of the games are like Mario fourteen. <laughs> like there was no Mario fourteen. But I'm lis- I I work better. I listen better when I'm being handsy with something. Handsy isn't the right word when I'm preoccupying my hands. (laughs) (laughs) Not much better.
3: Um, And I feel like that's something you start to hear, you know, in this era, like 2009 and going on with like the kind of sad boy pop punk bands, Like, um, you know, I mean, whoever that is, like maybe the Menzingers or something like that. Like, I feel
1: like this. You know where the Menzingers got their name? Where? They they didn't have the name Menzingers yet, and they were touring in Australia, and they and they their their uh, their tour, their uh, their their guy in Australia is like, well we'll, we'll go to KFC, we'll go to, to, go to go to KFC. It's like they make a mean zinger. They make a mean zinger, and then they're like, that's the name. That's the name of the band.
0: Sure, whatever you say, Dan. <laughs> it
1: kind of
3: is right at the forefront of that era. Um, and those kinds of guitar tones and and techniques and stuff like that. Um, A little more emo-leaning, I guess, uh, is one way of putting it. Um, So I guess once I kind of heard that in this song, it helped me hear it in the other songs in the album, too. It's like, okay, they've just... Like, this album is still... There's a lot of punk going on through it. Um, It's just in this kind of new way that... uh, they have not really explored before and it's more emo adjacent and yeah i don't know it's really cool they've and they really haven't played that way since then so to me it's like so obvious that like this album is like kind of the culmination of like one chapter of their career which is why i don't subscribe to any of those theories but this is like part of a trilogy with anything after it or anything before it really either but like um. Yeah, to me, it
1: stands on its own. Well, would, were Daniel and Logan like right? in cahoots? The, the
0: voicemails tie in together.
1: <laughs> Even though Daniel has one more voicemail. Um.
0: I agree, though. It is like it. It does. It is just so standalone.
1: Yeah. Um. Maybe we'll leave Daniel's other voicemail for next week. I feel like he had some very salient points, and they might be updates. I'm looking through the the read, the uh, translation. Yeah. But I feel like that was the perfect place to end the voicemails. Um, we'll have one more from Daniel next week. Uh, no, I know. I know it's not a trilogy. <laughs> he Daniel wasn't saying that it was, but Logan thought we were saying it was and It's not a trilogy. I get that. I think the place where I was really shocked to see the trilogy was... I saw it on... When we started this podcast... I saw it on somebody's like Spotify playlist. They listed like the trilogy or something, and it was the three albums. I'm like, really? And it's because we hadn't ever spent any time looking at Reliant. We were just beginning. It was the nascent days of looking at Reliant K fan content and even learning what the fans were like. Like, We didn't know what the Reliant K fandom was like in 2018. 19, when we started this podcast, I had no idea. That's why we bleeped the show. Yep. Because we originally had no (laughs) idea what our audience would be. And we're like, I guess we'll just bleep it to be safe. And now I would stop bleeping it. But it's just funny that we bleep it. (laughs) <laughs> and you know also obviously over time the the we've felt more political and we've talked on topics like being woke ass christians or whatever and talked on uh, talked about things like similar touring with them and a certain sect of their fans were upset about that and like i'm not trying to take the piss i'm just being myself so some people will listen to us and then they'll just stop listening to us and i'm like i'm sorry i i still but i have People who are very conservative that I still love and care about, and I don't just cut them out of my life. So, you know, it's I'm just saying, you know, at the very least, I'm saying swears are cool. (laughs) Jesus doesn't care if you swear.
0: That's right. And if you'd
1: like to hear the swears, you
0: can go over to Sadie Hawkins Rod After Dark. I mean, Patreon. Oh, that's right. And you can get them there.
1: At the $10 at the top level. Is it really? (laughs) It's top level. Why? Because we needed more things to offer the top level patrons. That's a very good point. So I offer the uncensored episodes when they are available. And I list out the timeline of where the swears are. So if you listened to it on this feed and then you were like oh darn it this episode's uncensored you can go right to the swears and hear what it sounds like when Jessica says
0: Sadie Hawkins rod after dark <laughs>
1: yeah. it's gonna never mind well anyway so uh, speaking of swears. You know, when you grow into a full size dude, you start to—you're allowed to swear anytime <laughs> right, you want. All right. This so this the... week we're talking about dude. <laughs> the opening track. Yep. From the, Matt and the Matthew Teeson and the Earthquakes album, Wind Up Bird
0: from 2018. Uh, Robert Gay also sings on this track.
1: Okay. Yeah. Bobby G, who we want to have <laughs> on an episode, but we still have tons of songs. He's been on the podcast. That's right.
0: No, that's right. He hasn't been on the podcast. As sa- no, Dermike no. has. His
1: roommate, Dermike, yeah. was on the podcast yeah. for Seen and Heard. Um, for then he turned up at the end for some reason. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: Well, sure. <laughs> you know, when you're roommates, you're hanging out in the same place. You yeah. just come by, say, hey.
1: When we first started doing Wind Up Bird songs as regular episodes, I reached out to Robert Gay and said, like, we, we would you like to be on an episode for this? And I just, we've been so busy. He gave me a list of the songs that he was like most kind of involved with. And we were saving those songs until we can have him on.
0: This This was probably one, one of those songs.
1: It might have been, but there were other ones. Gotcha. <laughs> and then when we wanted to do a Wind Up Bird song this week, I was like, let's just go back to Dude. Because I, we skipped this song and went straight to Man of Stone originally, because Man of Stone was the big single. Man of Stone's the second track. But the, when you listen to the album, I can tell, I can kind of see how you don't, especially since this is like a folk pop an indie folky pop type of album you don't like start it off with a big old with a big with a big you don't start this album with a single i totally get what the sequence of dude into man of stone is because man of stone is a bit more of a poppy song it has some more pop structure i guess i don't know exactly if i'm saying this correctly but it clearly has some more listener-friendly, approachable songwriting structure is found in Man of Stone, whereas Dude is kind of just like a laid-back, like, vibe with some very abstract lyrics, some very weird lyrics at times. Like, I don't think that this is a kind of song that washes over you. The lyrics are a little... I'm not saying they're the weirdest thing in the world, but at their core, the lyrics are a little silly, a little weird, you know? So I don't think that this song is a single... But as an album opener, it totally makes sense because it gets you into the vibe and then you lead that into putting the single as the second track. So initially when we started talking about these songs, we skipped Dude because as a vibe, it didn't feel like the right way to start talking about these songs, but Man of Stone did. Now we're going back talking about Dude. I'm kind of seeing it in that lens because the lyrics are a little abstract. It is just kind of like this like you're not quite sure you know what he's saying but you're not quite sure what he's saying and he's saying it in such a strange way like turn it up this one's for the boys (laughs) don't turn it up this one's for the boys for the boys like that's so odd and strange and it's funny and it's very Matt Thiessen but it's almost like too Matt Thiessen in a way that like some people just might be turned off not turned off but some people might not find this song immediately approachable except as just like a coffee shop vibe.
0: Right, it does have very like Air For Free vibes musically, though not lyrically. Because even though this album came after Air For Free, where Teason finally outgrew the shadow of Peter Pan to be a man, here he is still not yet a full size dude.
1: I totally, I think though, this just, just, I just think this, and I have no proof to it. And if Matt Teason never came out and said that this was not true, that's fine. But I just feel like this could have been a song. This may have been a song that was kind of like written during air for free. Sure. Because okay. they definitely, because, you know, they, when you, most bands, when they have albums, I think. Or even
0: earlier, because we know Matisse and the Earthquakes has been a thing.
1: Right. Matisse and the Earthquakes. <laughs> Since like the beginning of Relying K. <laughs> Matisse and the Earthquakes was a thing forever. And I- I've hypothesized about what it was originally intended to be, but I think by the time it was finally able to crystallize into an album, finally, it's because Reliant K had been going nonstop, nonstop, nonstop from 2000 until 2017 when the Switchfoot tour ended. So they finally all took a break for the first time in 17 years. So he was able to concentrate on doing an Earthquake's full-length album. Um, I think... And I've talked about it throughout the history of this podcast. I don't think since Matt Thiessen is the primary songwriter of Relying K and Matt Thiessen and the Earthquakes, and he's just a prolific songwriter, I don't think that there's necessarily a baked-in line to a songwriter like Matt Thiessen of, I'm going to sit—sometimes I mean, he might do this, but I don't think he sits down and says, I'm going to write a song. He's not saying, got to write a song for the project. Absolutely, of course, that does happen. But since he's such a prolific songwriter, he just sits down and writes a song. And when the song is over, the song probably speaks to him of this works for relying K. Or this works for me- the, the earthquakes. Or this works for relying K and the earthquakes. Or, oh, I should put this in a drawer because I know I'm working with so-and-so in a couple of months for that project. Maybe this will be for them. Or I'll just put this in a drawer and who knows what I'll do with it. I think that's the kind of prolific songwriter he is. So I can't imagine personally that he just sits down and says, time to write an earthquake song, and this will be an earthquake song. And time to sit down and write a relying K song, and this will be a relying K song. I think he writes a bunch of songs, and I think that a song like this, dude, I think there is circumstantial evidence to say that it was written in the sessions around Air for Free. And you just said musically, it kind of feels very Air for Free it has a single word title like a bunch of the songs on air for free it fits that motif man cat god dude (laughs) like it fits that motif and the theme is kind of in line with some of the themes found on air for free so i think it's possible that this song was actually written and could have been on air for free the production would have been totally different if it was on air for free because the production here is so indie folk pop down to its core all the reverb all the echoes the melodic uh singing in the background by robert gay and like the trumpet and all this stuff if it had been redone for air for free hoops would have been involved and it would have had like a little it would have probably it would have more rock like there's no rock in this song as we hear it on the earthquakes like the earthquakes this earthquakes album is not a rock album at all although early material by the earthquakes was rock material so that kind of shows how the concept of what is earthquakes material itself is also malleable that's my thought on what possibly is the origin of this song and i think it's fun to open this album the first like non-relying k full-length album by Matt Thiessen ever, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he he didn't have any other side projects that were fully his that was a full album until this one. And to open it where possibly there is some of that retained DNA of the previous Reliant K project, if I'm on the mark at all about the origin of this song, but to have the production completely washed of any remnants of Reliant K rock it's totally rock-free, but the melody clearly is Matt Thiessen that you know of from Reliant K. Yeah,
0: because he's produced other, like, artists' albums and written on other artists' albums, but not one where, like, it. he's never done a, a separate project where he's, like, the principal songwriter as well as musician, etc.
1: Right. And uh, it also the fact that we're doing these songs as individual episodes is something we didn't think about for years into the podcast. And that's because as we were doing this podcast, we were starting to find that connective tissue between certain albums and certain songs. I mean, Daniel on that voicemail just found some amazing connective tissue between trademark and part of it. Like we see this narrative of what piece of Matt Thiessen's life he's expressing through his music and so you kind of get a narrative almost like a long novel or like a long TV show or a series of books like you start to get a narrative even though it's not really Matt Thiessen it's just this one particular piece of himself he puts in each song you start to hear and see that narrative as we were going song by song back and forth across the timeline so then I started to realize and it's from something that Josh McTarrigan told us I started to realize, oh, there's more of that narrative, more of that continuity that we're missing by not diving into the wind up bird songs. And it's right here. He's like, I'm not growing up yet. I'm trying to be I thought by now I thought by this age. I would be a full size dude. I would be a grown-up. He's saying this in a very immature way. (laughs) Because what is it? A child, like an 80s child, especially him. He grew up in the 80s, in love with the 80s. Like, when I grow up, I'm going to be a dude. I'm going to be like a WWF wrestler. (laughs) How do I get muscles like you guys? (laughs) I love that commercial. Uh, What's that called? It's It's so people can go see it
0: uh mr wonderful is in it for the hulk hogan training program or something like that i don't know we've played it so many times now
1: <laughs> there's too many uh like you guys Hold on oh uh, there's too many things how do i get muscles like you guys just gives you like a muscle what was it called the hulk hogan training commercial there it is, Hulk Hogan's Hulkamania workout set. Go to YouTube and type in Hulk Hogan's Hulkamania workout set.
0: Danny loves the like you opening. Oh,
1: Mister Wonderful, <laughs> <Mr>. Wonderful. <laughs> I love this
0: commercial. <laughs> because it's just this a wrestler just like breaks through the like drywall and is just like oh with his like arms up in the most like <laughs> i'm is, a muscle man this way. is what i
1: imagine matt Season must have looked like when he was a little kid <laughs> this is matt Season. he's this little 80s boy probably like nine maybe 10 and he's wearing a tank top and he's looking off screen clearly at the director or his mom <laughs> and he just goes how do i get muscles like you guys and then And Mr. Mr. Wonderful bursts through his bedroom. He's, like, taken
0: aback. He's frightened for a second. That's my
1: favorite part of the commercial is the little kid actor. (laughs) Like, even though he knew what was going to happen, they were probably like, now, don't miss your mark. Like, he has to burst through the wall, and it's really tough for us to reset this wall every time. So don't miss your mark. But when Mr. Wonderful (laughs) bursts through the wall, the little actor still can't, like, (sighs) still stumbles back a little. Like you guys. Wow, Mr. Wonderful! <laughs> wow, Mr. Wonderful! And his accent. And then Mr. Wonderful's like, eh, try using Hulkamaniac's special workout set. Hulk's not here. <laughs> no, he's not. It's not what Anyway, so that's what I think. So I think. So it's funny. So Matt Thiessen is like, should have known by now, should have been a full grown dude, should have been a full size dude. It's like what a child says. So it's kind of phrased in an appropriate way of like you think back to what you thought as a child you're going to be like as an adult I'm going to be a dude but you never feel like you got there or your concept it's more like it's more like yeah this is more like the concept of like how your framework for what it means to be an adult changes as you get older and then you look back at your childhood, at what you thought you'd be, and as what it would mean to be an adult, and you didn't get there. But it's not like you just didn't achieve it. It's not like you just fell short. It's not something like generational, like I didn't get to where uh, the generations before me thought I should be. It's more like emotionally, I never got to that point of I was a kid looking at adults, thinking they're so cool, they can go to movies on we, on school nights. Like, I never got to that point where, as I grew, the actual act of growing took away that wonder of me becoming an adult. So he's trying to, I think that's what he's doing. He's kind of rephrasing, recontextualizing, relensing his view of adulthood through his memory of what he thought being an adult meant when he was a kid. And that really fits along with a lot of the air for free uh, material, and even a little bit of the collapsible lung material, you know, that classic trilogy and Forget Not Slow Down. <laughs> and uh, the, yeah, this is a theme that he's been thinking about and dealing with, and he's talked about on the Amiator like his codependency and stuff, he talked about in a couple of different live YouTube videos, and one night, we were at one of them in Boston, and like, you know, dealing with, you know, really trying to work on his emotion, uh, work on his self, and f- wonder you know, am I where I'm supposed to be developmentally? To actually sit and think about that, yeah. And it's all in there. It's all in man. It's all in this. Not not man. Sorry. Uh, is it man? What's the one? Outgrow the shadow. Yes. Of Peter Pan. It is man. It rhymes. Pan and man rhyme. So yeah, it's all in there. It's all the same thing, right? Very well said. Yeah. What do you think of this song? What do you think of not turning it up? <laughs> what do you think of a song telling you don't turn this one up? This one's for the boys.
0: Yeah, I don't know what any of that means. I think it's
1: just silly and goofy and fun. It seems silly and it seems like silly. He's just inverting the trope of, yeah. you know, you... I think there, there could be some meaning behind it. I'm hearing... I'm thinking of a couple of things. First thing is Matt Teeson and the Earthquakes, finally, after over 18 years of waiting, they release a full-length album. And it is completely not a rock album. And the Earthquakes were a rock band. When you listen to the My Other Band CD, when you consider that certain songs like Faking My Own Suicide and Jefferson Airplane and something else started as Earthquake songs, they were a rock band. Oh, I hate you-
0: Christmas parties. I
1: hate Christmas parties. That and actually was an earthquake song that just kind of got.
0: Those are all kind of slower numbers as well.
1: They are, but they have like some rock bones, and so now the earthquakes have finally, after 18 years, solidified into a full-fledged album project, and it's completely devoid of rock. So to open the album with "Don't turn this up," <laughs> it's like, it's almost a statement of saying, "Here's the first Matisse and the Earthquakes album." It took me 18 years, and by the time it finally came out, there's no rock and roll on this album. There's no heavy guitar. There's no semblance of even soft rock. This is a folk album the whole way through, or a folk indie pop album the whole way through. Whatever I don't know what genre, technically. You know what I'm saying. It's not a rock album, not even a soft rock album. And so don't turn it up. He's taking that trope of like, yeah, you better turn this, (laughs) like that, like that... Like, uh, Rage Against the Machine, better turn the bass up on this one, or whatever. Like, lots of rock bands say, turn this one up, turn the radio up, turn this up. He's like, no, turn this one down. This is gonna be different. And he says, this one's for the boys. That means a couple things there. You say, this one's for the boys, right? Like, that's a trope, that's a tropish saying. Like, hey, this one's for my boys. Mm -hmm. This one's for all the people, whether you mean, like, the fans who have been following me, or, you know, my posse by my side, the boys, But the song is about maturity or that lack thereof. So to say this one's for the boys, what does he mean there? Does he mean this one, don't turn this up. This one's for all of us male people who feel like we're stuck in an arrested development and we haven't matured like we thought we were going to. Is he actually saying this one's for people like me, the boys, the people who are stuck in their boyhood?
0: But I'm not allowed to feel that way. You're allowed to feel that way.
1: <laughs> of course, I don't think it's a gender-lined thing. He's just adverted. He's just taking the trip of this one's for the boys. This one's for my boys, but it's a double meaning of this one's for the people like me, who feel they're stuck as a boy or a girl. But he can't like <laughs> bring the song to a halt and be like, "This one's for the children. For the children. <laughs> this one's for the kids." Because then that totally changes it. He got to say he has to say boys because he's. Making a, he's making a statement off of something here. He's inverting a silly little idea off of rock music and rap music. No, into I get this what you're saying. Thing. I
0: think that's great. Yeah, you definitely thought way more into the song than I did. I'm
1: thinking of all of these things off the top of my head right now, right off the dome.
0: Well, while you continue to think about that, we're gonna go ahead and take our break. Thank you so much for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. New episodes are released every other week, but you don't have to wait that long to hear more from us. You can join patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins to listen to our bonus episodes every alternate week.
1: When you sign up, you'll get access to years of backlog episodes, including our discussions of the songs from Relying K is for karaoke, every chapter of the book, The Complex Infrastructure, known as The Female Mind, as well as other projects and features from members of Relying K. You'll also have access to live streams of us watching fan content on YouTube and many other topics.
0: When you sign up, you'll receive a welcome letter with guitar picks and stickers. And by making a lifetime contribution of $60, you'll be eligible to earn a special Patreon exclusive shirt. You'll also get thanked on every episode, like our current patrons, who include Charity, Samantha H, number one, Samantha H, number two, Matthew, Bjorn, Emily, Isaac, Kindle, Joshua, Daniel, Jay, Michael, Jimmy, Pod, This Might Be a Podcast tucker
1: and brady even if you don't want to sign up for the patreon you can still join the conversation by contacting us with your thoughts on this episode your corrections and your relying k memories at our voicemail line 40295 sadie or by sending an email to sadie Hawkinspod at gmail.com you can also
0: visit our socials, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, which are all at Sadie Hawkins pod, where you can see the visuals we discuss on the podcast each week and on Facebook search for Sadie Hawkins group to discuss our show and Reliant K.
1: There aren't a lot of guarantees in life, but I can guarantee one thing. It's very hard to think of what to say at the end of these ad reads. Mm, true. So um, one thing that's fun about this song, and, you know, I really got to listen to more of the... uh, What the hell are these things? Oh, Oh, yeah, that's right. I was getting the lyrics ready, so I typed in Dude Earthquakes, (laughs) and you get this guy called Earthquake Dude on TikTok (laughs) who just comments about earthquakes, because I also saw him on... YouTube, and sure. he's just sure. called Earthquake Dude, and he just likes to comment on earthquakes. What is this? Oh yeah, Earthquake the comedian. Oh yeah, I remember Earthquake the comedian. He's in a, uh, he's in the most unfortunate scene of uh, Clerks Two. Earthquake's a very funny African American comedian. I've been, I was a fan of him. I've never seen him live. I haven't seen a lot of comedians live, but he they used to play him on Sirius XM on the stand up comedy channels a lot. So I became a fan of him, and then he turned up in Clerks Two in the scene where they talk about the name I of the gotcha, cat.
0: gotcha,
1: the, Him and Wanda Sykes are the, are the African-American people who are upset at what they're talking about. I'm not going to say what it is. I don't feel like I need to, but you can go look up Earthquake Clerks 2 and see what I'm talking about. Anyway, I forgot about Earthquake the Comedian. Do you think that when Matt Teeson named the band Matt Teeson and the Earthquakes, he was inspired by the comedian named Earthquake? Absolutely. Anyway, so what I was about to say before I got sidetracked by Earthquake Dude and Earthquake the Comedian was that since this is like a folky album, and especially on this song as I was listening to it with big headphones, you hear that slide of the fingers across the fretboard. So nice. I love that. Mm -hmm. And it just makes me mad thinking about how all those were edited out of Anatomy and Two Lefts. How all that human element, all that nice feeling of like hearing the guitar frets and the fingers sliding up and down. They were meticulously edited out for how they sound on streaming. There was somebody who I don't know. uh, Matt Hoops replied to him who had never listened to, I think he's someone with a lot of followers. I hadn't heard of him before, but he was. He tweeted out at Matt Hoops, his like, hey, are the mixes on Spotify different? <laughs> and Matt Hoops was like, oh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> and then Daniel was like, yeah, they are. I would kill for you to put the original mixes yeah. on Spotify. Yeah,
0: instead of the gold versions.
1: And then somebody replied and explained, like, the gold, you know, exactly as we would have explained it. The gold versions are this, and they were redone in 2006. And I was like, people out there doing the Lord's work, so we don't have to. People out there proselytizing (laughs) that the 2006 mixes of albums 2 and 3 are not nearly as good. Somebody replied and said they thought they were better. It's, just put them both on there. Put them both on there. don't, Don't George Lucas it. Right. Don't George yeah. Lucas it. That's the really strange part. You know the other band that's done this exact same thing? Megadeth. That's <laughs> true. Relying K, <laughs> do you want to be considered like George <laughs> Lucas or Dave Mustaine, the worst aspects of those two creators where you wipe out the original vision? be a be a steven spielberg I Danny,
0: is that the worst part of dave mistake <laughs> let's stop let's let's, <laughs> no, let's analyze what not. you just said for a but second
1: be a, be a ridley scott or a steven spielberg <laughs> where you you tool around with all movie, the versions but you make all the versions available on on home media even though you can't see any previous version of blade runner in the theater they Ridley Scott will not allow them to play in repertory theaters you can still get the original versions on home media and Steven Spielberg specifically I think it's even if you go and see E.T. on streaming now it's the original cut you can't even I think you have to do the work to find the early 2000s redone cut of E.T. with the digital effects added and stuff like that so come on just and it's also like the way that Relying K was sneaky about it on streaming and they're like there's no even sneaky about it when the cds were released the fact that like you buy the gold edition and yes some of them have the slip covers but some of them it just looks like a copy of anatomy of the tongue-in-cheek looks exactly the same but oh you open it up and oh this color is a little bit different and that color is a little bit different and you open up a copy of two lefts and oh it's just the blue truck cover Oh, but the snake is missing. <laughs> it's so sly, like <laughs> the way they replace the gold mixes. Like, just just say it. Just two thousand six mix. Anyway, the Beatles do it. They're like they. You go on Spotify for the Beatles, and there's like five different mixes of every album. <laughs> And the the modern mixes are actually better, especially when you have ear earbuds in. It's like painful to listen to the original sixties mix of some of the stereo versions of. I mean, the mono they intended for the mono versions, but it's like you listen to the stereo mix of some of the later Beatles albums on earbuds, and it's painful because like the mixes are like moving around your head in really like nonsensical ways. Come on,
0: Goatee. Let's get the original. Uh, the original songs back mixes back
1: on. Let's there. get the original mixes and the gold mixes. Yeah, put them both there. Cut we out know the that you hidden don't tr- want to lose your song counts. That's yeah. Cool. Cut out the hidden tracks because then you'll get more. Oh boy. No, Danny. It's all part of the same thing.
0: I know, but it's going too far. But one step at a time, baby steps. You'll Dan. get. Baby they'll steps.
1: get more song counts for the last oh songs my. on the albums. If they cut the hidden tracks out,
0: that sounds like more work for them. Instead of just being like, "Why yes, here is our media. Put this on the thing." Good point. And with that, we're going to take our break. <laughs> we already took our break.
1: <laughs> okay. When I type in "dude earthquake" lyrics, it's not enough. I'm going to have to type in "Teson." Do you have the lyrics? Like there I are. I do have the lyrics. Yeah, it's on Genius. Okay, so let's go through the lyrics. Are there any annotations?
0: Uh, No, it just says like in bold is when uh, Teeson and Robert Gay are both singing versus the rest of the time when it's just Teeson.
1: This one's, oh, you want to read through it? Uh, whatever okay this one's for the boy well this one's for the boys so i better read it you're right this one's for the boys don't turn it up don't turn it up turn it up don't turn it up this one's for the boys don't I turn prefer, it up for
0: uh reliant k over matisse on the earthquakes because even though there's mood rings it's still less sexist oh and vanessa i forgot you know what never mind
1: chorus should have known by now should have grown into a full size dude if you're locked in a cage who's coming to save you makes sense just kind of an abstract mood piece just kind of getting the ideas out there this one's for myself i'm on the brink i need some help i need to see somebody else i need to find someone to tell this to is he talking about psychiatric or counseling care there i hope he is i think that's the way to go now we've had our episode about uh Therapy. We took we well. There was therapy, yeah. and then we took prescription drugs. Look what good that did. Oh, Yeah. We talked. We had our whole episode about that, and some of the stigma that it feels like has been expressed by has been boosted by Tison of like, go the natural route of with your depression and don't necessarily take prescription drugs. And we. Rubbed up against that, we did not agree. I think the stigma against prescription drugs to help you with things like anxiety and worse conditions like real bipolar and like real psychiatric problems, like there should not be this stigma on medication. But I don't think Thiessen has ever said publicly I'm against psychiatric care or counseling. So, but it's still good to say, like, I need someone to talk to. It's still good to hear that because there are people out there. There are now all these commercials for better help and stuff, better health or whatever is it is. Help. Better help. Like, there is stigma against even getting a psychiatrist, which is like the bare minimum that you should be doing. Like, sometimes you do need medication just to take some edge off to like help. Like, sometimes it's literally a physical thing in your brain that prescription drugs well attributed prescribed prescription drugs will help you with but at the very least get someone to talk to talk talk it always helps and it's great that a lot of advertising nowadays is kind of removing the stigma for that because it is you know whatever anyway should have known by now should have grown into a full-size dude if you're locked in a cage who's coming to save you Mental
0: health is very important, is what Danny's trying to say.
1: Yes, mental health. That's the phrase. I don't know how you found the strength to let me figure it out. Should have known by now. Should have never had a doubt. Should have never had a doubt. So another little abstract moment, kind of alluding to something. I don't know how you found the strength to let me figure it out. I don't think he's talking about God there. Could be. But I think he's probably just talking about, like, people in his life who have had to deal with all the ebbs and flows of his ability to uh, have interpersonal relationships we know that this is a fact because it is constantly in his his lyrics for 18 years at this point to say like interpersonal relationships are hard and he doesn't just mean with girls so to say to some of the people in his life I don't know how you have the strength to help me figure this out like you've been Maybe, maybe, this is what he's saying, you've been putting up with me for a long time, and you showed a lot of strength while you helped let me find and figure out what I need to figure out.
0: Uh, Ellie Schmidley also sings on this, which I forgot to note That's earlier. right. Uh, she also sings on a lot of the other tracks on here as well.
1: And then the outro is the chorus, again, should have known by now, should have grown into a full-size dude, with... Tyson and Robert singing, and then Robert and Schmidley and Tyson singing. Different melodic in and out of the three of them, all kind of whining and not whining, winding their way through the, the harmonies. Much like a bird. Yeah, the wind, wind up bird wind. is the winding of the harmonies. I don't think so. I don't think that's what it's. Um, it's a very beautiful song. Very nice. Very simple. Very abstract. As I kind of said when we started talking about the song, it's kind of just a mood. It's kind of a simple mood that gets a very simple core idea into your head without beating you over the head with the idea. Because I don't think the idea here is to like absolutely get across the idea. I think that's been that's a lot of Relying K music. I think a lot of Relying K music, uh, you know, for better, not for worse, but for better, a lot of Relying K music gets across very clear ideas even if there are avenues to debate some of those ideas they still get those clear ideas across i think the music here is more abstract and it kind of gives you a tone it kind of gives you a general emotion and it gives you a broad idea of what he's talking about and even as i tried to zero in on ideas looking at these lyrics specifically i'm not standing by any one specific interpretation that i have i think that this is deliberately intended to be as wide open as possible unlike some other Reliant K music which you know I harp on I only see it this way and this way is correct and then we make fun of some song unions people for seeing it in a way of like really but I think here it's just it's meant to be totally wide open very nice song very you know core idea of a Bad Friend Teeson song it's some core DNA for some Matt Teeson Reliant K themes but in a totally different structure than totally different structure, totally different production style, totally different songwriting style than we might be used to. Not totally different songwriting style, but different production, different instrumentation than we're used to with Reliant K.
0: Yeah. Yep. So for deep dive, I, I have a Jesus freak Hideout review, but I feel like we did that one last time with man of stone. So I'm going to skip it for now. Um, I am going to pull up the Merlot 23 blog because they go into the Ooh, song. Ooh, a nice glass of Merlot while you're <laughs> listening
1: to Wind Up Bird.
0: Uh, Matthew Teaston, The Earthquakes, Wind Up Bird. Twee, and then they have the mm. T in parentheses, pop. Danny's favorite yeah, word. <laughs> Artist Matthew Teaston, The Earthquakes, album Wind Up Bird, year 2018, grade B-. minus. In brief, it's actually not that far of a stylistic leap from some of the mellow material on Reliant K's last album to their lead singer's first solo album. While I enjoy the clever indie baroque pop arrangements and witty wordplay, I have to admit that only a handful of Teeson's songs on this album continue to stand out in my mind, beyond the initial novelty of hearing him do an acoustic record. And then he just they just go into a lot of detail on uh, different things. I'm just going to jump down just a little bit. Uh For all of my effusiveness about the mellower instrumentation and the pretty little arrangements, though, I had to admit that this album felt a bit of a diet snack compared to the magnum opus of Air for Free. At 11 tracks in 35 minutes, a lot of these songs might seem to have witty wordplay and the awe shucks charm we've come to expect from Teeson, but some of them breeze by so quickly that they barely register. My level of interest waxes and wanes rather profoundly over the course of this brief little album, peaking when the vocals of Teeson and his frequently employed backing vocalists Ellie Schmidley and Robert Gay dovetail beautifully with a light, but catchy beat drums on this album are played by darren king of former mute math fame if you can believe it and just the right mix of auxiliary instrumentation to turn an otherwise bare bones song into a brief burst of of a kaleidoscope of color and they go on for a little bit longer i just wanted to point out that they note some of the personnel on this so individual tracks one dude I find the whole gimmick of starting a record off at a conspicuously low volume, then suddenly blasting listener with a sudden burst of energy at full volume to be cliched and irritating, especially when the <laughs> lyrics are during the quiet part. But Thiessen pulls that off with clever self-awareness in the opening verse of this song that I have to admit to I am amused. This one's for the boys slash don't turn it up, don't turn it up. See, he's advising us not to turn the volume dials because the problem will sort itself out soon enough. Well, I thought it was funny, at least. It helps that attaining full volume after a verse or so of this doesn't suddenly assault the listener with a wall of sound. This one's mostly just a bit of nimble acoustic guitar picking and some light backing vocals that gradually help it to reach a modest crescendo. And the song is more than just a cutesy gimmick. As much of a throwaway as you might expect a song called Dude to be, there's some underlying insecurity apparent in the lyrics, which express a feeling of being locked in a cage and needing help, perhaps due to feeling like he hasn't a- attained true adulthood after all this time. It's a comparable feeling to the one he expresses in Reliant K's Man, though that song was more resolved to just wake up and get it done anyway. Whereas this song seems a little bit more like the result of unfiltered nervousness and self-doubt. I chuckle at the wink and nudge here, but I also feel some of his pain. Grade B+. <laughs> then we have two TikToks. Oh, wow. Which I'm realizing now I need to send to you since...
1: <sighs> since I, I have the have. I'm not afraid of the Chinese for tracking me. I just... Oh, I got logged out on my Twit, to, 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 to my to my to my tweet uh, tweet talk because I haven't used it in too long.
0: <laughs> I'm not super on the social media, so I was like, when a new one came out, I was like, oh, I don't I don't really need to hop on board this when I think I'm good.
1: Okay, here we go. Oh, they're both like children, or well, no, one's a child, one might be a uh, adult, but with a beauty filter that makes them look very young. So here's the first one. This is like a child. This is... This one's myself. My brain guy needs some <laughs> I help, understand. I need to see somebody else. I need to find someone
0: to tell this.
1: This is uploaded by J-A-T-Y-M-1-2-3-4. Uploaded in October 2020. And it's just a child in like a thatched... Uh, a, like a metal... A tin-roofed hut. In another country. <laughs> And the child is using the braces uh, filter, so it looks like they oh, have gotcha. braces on their teeth. That's funny. And it's just this kid. It's just this kid with, a, like, a Beatles haircut.
0: Well, that's because they heard that when you grow up into a full-size dude,
1: they get braces just like you, Danny. Well oh, yeah. <laughs> the kid already has very nice teeth, though. And then here's another one. Okay, well, I'm going to look at it first before I show it to you. So this is by... P U A N G fifty three underscore sixty-three and this is just a lady laying in bed putting a uh like an evil witch filter, like a like a maleficent filter on their okay. face. So they have burning red eyes and black horns and it opens with a burst of feathers out of their face. But she's oh, just laying there wow. in bed looking at the camera and just picked this song interesting so uh i was i was startled I don't know what, slightly
0: by the feathers burst i, I wonder
1: know. if this is one of those things where i wonder if they are even matt teeson or reliant k or earthquakes fans or if they just were like i don't know what song to put on this let right. me think of a random word right dude and then somehow they end up with this song y- you Could know be. the the guy who uh matt farley the guy who uh directed don't let the river beast get you right <laughs> you know his whole thing if I've, i don't know i don't think i talked about it here but his whole thing is he's written tens of thousands of songs right. on spotify and he writes them really quick they are all on a similar level as the uh, the river the river beast shuffle or whatever that song's called in don't let the river beast get you <laughs> but he writes thousands and thousands and thousands of songs on every possible thing Because it's all based on the algorithm of like when people get Spotify for the first time, who have never had Spotify, faced with the unfathomable concept of like, I don't know what to type in right now, they just start typing in like dirty words like poop and stuff, like just to see what comes up. And his songs come up because he's written written songs about every person's name. He's written wow. songs about poop. He's written songs about, I don't know, whatever dishes. Some, some random person decides to type the word dishes. I literally just thought dishes because we're in the kitchen. So it could be a similar thing where people are just like, I don't know what to think. I don't know what to put in here, dude.
0: Interesting. And then they
1: just end up with a song called Dude. Here's on my uh, recommended. What's this called? My For You page.
0: Oh no, we have to bleep all of that, oh, Danny. Man, f***ing piece of
1: s***, <laughs> this is by the Manny M A N N I I and uh it's a verified page and it's just this person sitting at a computer and it says P O V me at work with every email <laughs> and so the Manny is just like looking at any email and going, What the do you want (laughs) so i have a bunch of live videos i have like four or five live videos no covers and no fan edited videos but before that i decided to throw dude and man into rave dj
0: wait i wasn't done with my oh sorry
1: (laughs) anyway jessica's done no i'm telling you you're done
0: (laughs) again i'm not sure if we found this one on uh, when we did man of stone i was just sitting here sitting back and i'm like wait a minute i have more to go (laughs) (laughs) um blogging the b-sides thoughts on music and culture in the past present and future oh how do they know the future wow uh this is from march 7th 2019 uh jones and simon album review matt teeson and the earthquakes wind up bird in 2018 matt teeson of reliant k fame Put out a full album called Wind Up Bird. It is many of the characteristics, <laughs> sounds of what Danny's playing on the fake Game Boy. Nintendo going to copyright strike us. <laughs> it has many of the characteristic sounds of what fans love about Reliant K, but there's also a bit of a mood shift in Tyson's writing with this new project. We'll explore that a bit here. Opening tracks Dude and Man of Stone both hit with a powerful pop rock sentiment. There are some intriguing harmonies on both tracks. Was it, as, is,
1: this bar, is this article from after ChatGPT existed?
0: As is typical of the Beach Boys aficionado season, there's a sense of questioning personal identity on both tracks that get the album off to a great start. Oedipus has some of the best melodies on the entire album and some of the most enigmatic lyrics. What is he really saying about his family life? Is that really something we should be exploring here? No matter what the song is really about, it's a lot of fun to listen to.
1: I'm sorry, I'm just doing some cleanup work on the kitchen table while you talk. We got all kinds of things around here. Uh,
0: Climb. Oh, it's the climb. I know that song. Has sort of an old 60s rock vibe to it. You'll find yourself... straining your vocal cords to hit the high notes with the lead vocal. The following Mother's Triumph has the most early Reliant K vibes to it. There's a sense of adventure in the beat that will make it a good pick for road trip soundtracks. There's a kind of wildness in the lyrics about carving initials in a tree trunk and having fun. So wild, carving your initials.
1: So wild, that classic 1930s (laughs) way of cutting loose. (laughs)
0: Where are we, Tom Sawyer? You're gonna
1: It's a wild night of tying a yellow ribbon round the old oak tree. Whoa, kids, it, slow down
0: It captures a joyfulness that we don't hear in pop music. It's whimsy, perhaps. Higher power feels almost Heretical in its opening lyric, but it's the most like Teeson's work in production with other artists like Owl City. The rolling piano work on this one is absolutely incredible and will keep listeners coming back to it for a long time. The connection between the piano and the vocal harmonies works really well. The title track, Wind Up Bird, has a sense of looking back on your life to reflect on its meaning. The instrumentation feels sparse compared to other compositions on the album, but it still works really well. The light vocal style on this one really feels good. It's easy to hear why it was chosen as the title track. It's soothing at a good time. This is an excellent album for fans of Thiessen's other work, The Beach Boys, are just a collection of pop rock that will make you feel all sorts of good inside. And then finally, we have Mancrushes.com, The Most Handsome Canadian Men. Matthew Teeson ranks number (laughs) 2,822nd among the most man-crushed-upon celebrity men and ranks 5,447th among all celebrities on the top celebrity crush list. He was named one of the most handsome amber-eyed men, the most handsome (laughs) Canadian men, by our Man Crush Monday bloggers. Just
1: another Man Crush Monday... (laughs)
0: Matthew Thiessen is straight he has blonde hair scroll down and check out his short and or medium blonde hairstyles and haircuts thank you mancrushes.com. so what do you have for us this week Dan
1: well I was saying so (laughs) before I was so rudely interrupted what I was saying was I put dude and man in rave DJ and I did not listen to it so let's see how this turned out
2: I spent the last six years like Humphrey in a
3: swimming pool and added lost a sea inside of the lay a meal.
0: Is this just how it's going? Yes. Oh, okay.
1: It's set up uh dude. I'll some boxes
0: in the basement. Oh goodness gracious. Okay, it's a mess,
1: <laughs> but also it's fun to hear the comparison between a song like "Man" and a song like "Dude," because even though "Man" is a laid-back song overall in the oeuvre of Reliant K, it's not nearly laid-back compared to "Dude," and that just kind of like shows you the difference between how you know "Air for Free" is a rock album and "Wind Up Bird" is not a rock album. But I wonder if you took "Man." and just converted it to this twee folk indie pop sound. Or you took Dude and you converted it into a bass, drums, guitar, rock song. I'm sure you could do both of those things with the bones of both songs. But Rave DJ is not capable of, of uh, giving us that specifically. So uh, let's see some Matthew Thiessen <laughs> and the Earthquakes. I didn't save... Because there were, I I did the whole uh, YouTube deep dive, but I'm like, oh, there's only five videos here. I'll find them later. <laughs> I got a little lazy. I didn't bother copying them over. Unprofessional. It's very professional. It's professional when you think about how I was like. My time is better spent on other things. So here is. Um, so there's a couple of different performances, but there's one that I definitely want to open with. This is at the City Winery six years ago. This is uploaded by J First ninety six, and uh, so twenty seventeen. So before the album came out, Matt Thiessen singing his solo work at the City Winery in Nashville, opening for Rhett Miller. This his opener is called Dude. Danny. Well, the phone's hooked up to... Oh, yeah, I can turn it on to mute. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... Excuse me, Mr. <laughs> Airplane.
0: We are trying to podcast here. So
1: here is Matt Thiessen doing this solo, no full earthquakes band. And I can- and this is the thing, Jessica, that I was playing the other night. I'm like, what the heck is Matt Thiessen saying here at the beginning right. of this video? Here's how Matt Thiessen introduces this song, and because the camera is further back, I cannot tell what he's saying. Here's what he says. The song's called YouTube. The song's called YouTube. Okay, did he say this song's called YouTube It? New to you? New to you? Dude to you? Dude to you? Dude to you? I don't understand because he definitely didn't say this song is called "Dude." He added some more syllables there. So, (laughs) let's hear it one more time. This
0: song's
1: called. This song's called. It sounds to me like he's saying this song's called "YouTube it." YouTube it. I guess he means, like, this song's going to end up on YouTube because J First 96 is recording me over there. I don't know. He didn't say this song's called Dude. And I mean, wonder, what is he saying? <laughs> I can't tell what he's saying. But also, when I was listening to this the other night, I couldn't even tell that he could possibly be saying YouTube it or whatever he's saying. It literally didn't sound like human words. He's like, this song's called Jizrit. This I listened to it a hundred times. I could not tell what he was saying. One more time and then the audience <laughs> which is small it's just a, like a small acoustic winery show they're all like they, you kind of hear them mumbling like what did he say what what, what the hell did he, say? <laughs> Your song? What did he say well anyway here's here's the performance just Teason playing this on acoustic by himself the year before the album came out
0: this one for the boys, don't turn it up, don't turn it up, don't turn it, this one for the boys, don't turn it up, don't turn it up, it's all mine. This one to the boys, don't turn up, don't turn up, don't turn up. Maybe since this is from this performance is from a year before the album came out, maybe it had a different title then.
1: Yeah. But then Jay First knew to say this is called Dude, which makes me wonder if when it was uploaded on uh, January twenty seventh, two thousand seventeen. So it's I don't know when Wind Up Bird came out. I don't know the date, but that means it's like a, at least a full year Right. at least before the album comes out. Did Jay first go back in and edit the saw the title to say "dude"? Could be, or is he saying "dude" in there somewhere? Right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm uh, I'm so confused. Well, here is a performance with just teeson and robert gay playing this song opening whoa it just started up this is them playing this song opening for owl city in october 2018 so this is just robert and teeson performing the song together this
2: one's for the boys don't
0: turn it up don't turn it up don't turn it up this one's for the boys don't turn it up don't turn it up this song noise. This one's for the boys, don't turn it up, don't turn it up, don't turn it This one's for the boys, don't turn it up, don't turn it up, it's all noise. Shouldn't have known by now, I should grown into full size, dude. If you're locked in a cage, who's going to say?
1: Robert's reaching for the trumpet. So there's going to be some trumpet in this uh, two-instrument version.
0: I need I to this it's
1: just a nice... Do underneath, but oh, it would be funny gosh. if he was. If I was <laughs> like, I didn't even hear it. So. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just it's slowly building underneath, but it'd be funny if he just took it out. Like do 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 do
0: <laughs> do. <laughs> should have grown into full-size if you're locked in a cage who's coming to save you
1: Very nice. Really lovely. Yeah. And then there's a version that doesn't come with video. It just seems like somebody recorded it audio only. And this is uploaded by Ben Charon. And I we've maybe played this on the other two Earthquakes episodes we've done. But it's funny because it shows you the entire set list. It's going to be Dude, Man of Stone, Mother's Triumph, Climb, Wind Up Bird, uh, Oedipus uh clean sweep this is like a handwritten note so it's tough to read <laughs> i'm gonna cry higher power neighbor and forest but it opens the show opens with dude so yeah the, the image is just like a picture of a handwritten set list mm-hmm. and like an arrow cool. is gonna move down as each song is played gotcha and this is uploaded again by bed ben charon so i didn't listen to this. I don't know how many instruments are involved. This is live at the Nashville Villager Tavern, uh, July 29th twenty eighteen. Oh, yeah. This
3: one's for the boys. Don't turn it up. Don't turn it up. Don't turn it. This one's for the boys. Don't turn it up. Don't turn it up. It's all
0: noise. This one. Don't turn up, don't turn up, don't turn it, this one's for the boys
1: So it sounds like there's at least three people performing.
0: Yeah. You got some drums in there.
1: Um, yeah, it's very nice. I wish there was some more video of like a full band version, but I think that's all the live versions. While we were playing that cover, Jessica's like, I think we've only done two. Or Am I calling you out here? I think it's funny.
0: <laughs> oh, it's time for Danny's annual bus toss. <laughs>
1: It's the bus toss with Danny and Jessica. <laughs> Jessica was like, "I think this is only our second Earthquakes episode." I'm like, "No, I feel like we've done three. And since I was on YouTube watching the video, and we're our episodes are on YouTube, I like I typed in Sadie Hawkins Pot Earthquakes, and I was like, "There it is. We did Daydream, we did Man of Stone, and now we've done Dude." And what are we doing next time? We'll just keep the Earthquakes train rolling. <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't. We're trying to pick a song before each week, and now we don't have a song for next week picked. Oh, well, Uh, these are the kind of things you expect to do when you're an adult. You grow up, you become adult, you become a full-size dude. You're supposed to pick the song for next week before you start recording the episode. But I forgot. Uh, Anyway, that's live versions of Dude. It's very nice. It's it's a laid-back, stripped-back song. Very simple melody. Very simple instrumentation. On the album, it's very lush. There's a lot going on. I'm sure there's a ton of Pro Tools tracks to get this together. But the fact, you know, it's just on guitar or just guitar and trumpet or just guitar and some percussion, like, it's clearly just a very simple uh, melodic thing that kind of just rephrases itself over and over and just kind of, like, glides you like a little... Like a little lullaby but yeah and i think it's a gr- i think it really works as an opener because it's not meant to capture you it's not meant to like to ki- like kick off or one i'm waiting for it's not meant to just or uh whatever some other openers forget not slow down it's not meant to like capture you immediately we're rocking it's like no this is a totally different version of this kind of matt and music than you might be used to in a full album format we're gonna glide. We're gonna glide you into. This. We're gonna guide you into this. That's for City Hawkins Rod. That's right. We're gonna glide you into this music. He keeps making
0: this hand motion over and over again. I
1: like. I'm like I'm doing this come hither hand thing. Like my <laughs> fingers are. My fingers are folding as I'm like, come on over here. Anyway, it's a very cultly of you. <laughs> I don't think. You know, I have not list- I have listened to this album from beginning to end a couple of times, but because I'm not as in tune to this style of music, it's hard for me to remember how this album flows. But I think that's what I'm hoping for as we kind of, like, focus on one song each time, that I'm getting a better piece of... I'm getting a better picture of this album as a whole, and then hopefully I'll start to, un- you know really frame this music this kind of music in my mind in a more concise way where i can understand it and listen to it and enjoy it better and not just be like the way i enjoy jazz and stuff where it's just like oh it's just on in the background (laughs) you know like really kind of really get into it um but i totally understand how this is an album opener in a special way for an album like this and i don't know if this song itself could have worked necessarily anywhere else on the album like it it could close some albums maybe it could be in the, a little cool down in the middle for some other albums but considering the type of album that i imagine this album is without having like the big picture in mind all the time i'm like this very very specially sits as an album opener for a very different type of matt teeson project than people were were used to from the lead singer of relying k after 18 years so I think this is a very interesting sort of mission statement, very interesting sort of way to guide you into the project overall.
0: Again, I'm going to need you to save those hand gestures for Sadie Hawkins Rod.
1: <laughs> I'm just talking with my hands. This is what a full-sized dude does. He talks <laughs> with his hands. <laughs> so uh, we'll be back, I guess. Oh, what, Jessica, what do you Uh-oh. think of this song? Do you Uh-oh. like it more the same or less than last time we did this Uh, before we did this song I think I like it about the same I think I like it more honestly I like it more I like part of like I said part of the reason we skipped to Man of Stone for our first Earthquakes episode was because I was like this song just kind of washes over you I don't think there's anything to talk about but I found a lot to talk about you know, it's sure very did. simple lyrics, but I think surprisingly, there's a lot, there was a lot more to talk about than I expected. I had all this stuff backed up. Like we were going to talk about Hey Dude. Right. Like I thought we'd have nothing to talk about with this song. And now we're, it's almost been two hours. And I, oh my gosh. We're at an yeah. hour 45. We could have talked about Dude Ranch if you wanted. We could have talked about all kinds of things, but no, we didn't, uh, uh, who's that YouTuber? Dude Perfect or whatever. I don't know anything about him, but anyway. Is that as a YouTuber, right? Or was that the, uh, hold on. (laughs) It
0: sounds like a thing. I think that's a thing.
1: Yeah, Dude Perfect is a a YouTube comedy group. I've heard of them, but I've never seen them.
0: Well, that's our engineer letting us know that we've run a little too long (laughs) and it's time to end the show. So thank you all for listening. Stay safe and healthy out there.
1: And check the social medias for what's the next song in two weeks.